Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm your host, Yvonne. Today's show, Personal Development, the Firm Foundation for Your Child's Future, Part 2 of 3, is brought to you by You Are Dynamic LLC, the personal improvement company that believes in and cares about you. The purpose of this podcast is to help you control, alt, delete your pattern of negative choices that keep sabotaging your life and allowing toxic people a place in your life. Last Wednesday was part one of three episodes that kick off the personal development series where I interviewed Melissa Ullman Roberge. So if you haven't already, go back and listen to part one so you don't miss anything because these conversations build upon each other. So what happens when a child is left to their own devices? When you aren't taught the basic skills of personal development, could this be the beginning of, say, a bullying situation or worse? Well, I have a challenge for you. And hopefully you can take this challenge on. And the challenge is to give a hand up to someone who isn't as fortunate as you. Help someone develop their personal skills. Okay, you know how I love to tell stories from the Yvonne Vault? In the Yvonne Vault stories, I refer to something that has happened to me personally. And you'll hear them sprinkled throughout my episodes. So here's one. When I was five years old, I was hit by a car while walking to school on my own. That means that I was a latchkey kid at five years old. And that incident has followed me literally throughout my entire life with negative repercussions regarding my development. So here's episode two of three of my interview with Melissa Ullman Roberge. Welcome back, welcome back. When Melissa and I left off, I was just getting to get into something a little personal regarding personal development. So Melissa, when I was coming up, I was left to my own devices. They didn't spend time with me. They didn't talk to me, you know, and I became a loner. I didn't develop any skills. I didn't know what boundaries were. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry. And um, I'm glad to know you and so proud that you were able to turn that around. Um, but so much um, of what children learn, they learn by observing what other people are doing. And so, um, you know, we really are products of the patterns that we learn through our, our parents, you know, mm-hmm. and so while you were sort of left to your own devices, you know, my my mother in particular was very, um, I would say, involved and sort of um, pushy in terms of, well, I deserve this and you deserve this and this should be better. She spent a lot of her life just angry, angry that she wasn't getting her due, you know, and so that affected me as your upbringing affected you, you know. Um, I guess I would say that hopefully 
a child like that is recognized by someone at the school level who can then help. Um, I mean, we definitely have kids and I definitely have kids that I've encountered in high school that you wonder why they haven't learned certain basic skills yet, you know, and if they are lucky, um, a parent or a mentor or a teacher or somebody will step in and speak to them privately. You know, it's, I think, incredibly important to treat these situations with a lot of um, privacy and grace, you know, mm -hmm. because what you want is for that child to not feel embarrassed that you notice this, but instead, um, I don't know, one that comes up often in high school is like hygiene, personal hygiene guys yeah. that don't, you know, that don't, and girls that don't wear their deodorant, you know, deodorant correctly. And so um, I'm thankful to be in a school where something like that would always be addressed in terms of, you know, if I didn't feel comfortable addressing it, maybe I would ask a male colleague if it was a boy or, you know, someone who I knew maybe trusted um, or had a better relationship or stronger relationship. But it's not the kind of thing where you want to just let it go. And then, you know, behind their back, you're like, oh, yeah, child, you know. Um, I think a lot of people are like that, but I think if you're going to be a leader, an adult, and so all adults are leaders, really, when you think about it, right, all adults are leaders, um, then you also have to take on the responsibility to help every person be the best person they can be. And sometimes that means having a difficult conversation, but wouldn't it be better to have that difficult conversation in middle school, you know, than to allow that child to go on and maybe now they're 40, 50, whatever, and they still don't know how to use their deodorant correctly, you know, and mm -hmm. you could change the trajectory of somebody's life with just a really small, you know, so um, in the case of a child who was never taught boundaries and was really kind of a loner, um, you know, having somebody take them under their wing and actually show them, model for them, um, or practice with them how to have a conversation at lunch or how to join a group of people, you know, um, how to join a group of people that are having a conversation. And hopefully, um, you know, whether in school, there might be a teacher who's looking out and saying, I'm going to put this child in this group because I know that these other three kids will really be accepting and, um, you know, everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be seen. Um, and there should be a place at the table for everybody. Sometimes we have to either help a child along or remind the other children, you know, the opposite side of that is, is a, um, a child who has not, um, who has not learned, um, how to be empathetic or how to kind of reach out and reach around someone else might also think, oh, you know, oh, look at that you know, look at that oddball sitting over there at the table where we're not going to talk to them. So, you know, we have all sides of the spectrum. And um, I think we have to work hard. Personal development is a lot about how you affect the people around you. It's not always about yourself. It should be about how can my learning this affect the people around me, whether it's if I'm a better, you know, if I if I pay more, more attention to the soccer skills my soccer coach is trying to teach me, I'll be a better teammate. I'll have more fun. We'll all have more fun and I'll be contributing more, whether it's something little like that or whether it's something big like, um, you know, hey, so and such. I've noticed that you 
often eat lunch one. I'd like to invite you to come and have lunch with me and my friends mm -hmm. and kind of reach in a handout. And, you know, um, I think we need more teens that are ready and willing to do that. Um, and that helps them to develop also while they are reaching a hand out or a hand up. Yep. It's all teaching them development. And they are actually, I want to say, showcasing how our world really should be, Melissa. Like, if we want a society of productive citizens, then there's work to be done. And if you don't learn boundaries, that that is an actual word and that you really do need <laughs> to have boundaries. And if you don't learn the proper way to have a conversation, or if you don't know proper hygiene, for instance, then it, it's almost like you are being stagnated in your whole life. What do you think about that? I totally see that. I mean, it's, I think um, we have to, at some point, you know, and I think this is maybe a product of our um, capitalist system, you know, that it's more, 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 how much can I have? Me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think at some point, um, I mean, I'm not a particularly radical person, you know, but I think at some point someone has to say, okay, well, you have enough. I mean, why don't you give some of that to some other people and help them give them a leg up? I'm, you know, I'm very, I very much believe that, that you are enriched by the people in your life mm -hmm. whom you help and whom you reach out to, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of people who, um, are maybe isolated or loners simply because they're afraid to reach out and help the other people in their world, you know? Um, it's uncomfortable. It is, it is. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, but I think sometimes it is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. What are some ways you think that we can help children and I say children, so maybe as young as five, mm -hmm. what are some ways that we can help them along the way to promote personal development? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, of course, it really depends a lot on, on what their age is. Um, I mean, I think for younger kids, certainly those small lessons of how, um, how we approach new um new skills that we want to learn that idea of being resilient of understanding that it takes some effort sometimes not everything is going to come so easily mm -hmm. um learning how to uh, to understand and interpret disappointment like when you don't get what you want um you know learning not to take that personally and that there'll be other opportunities you know the the, uh, the ability to kind of bounce back you know yes resilience Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's so important in the younger years. Um, and then certainly, you know, as kids are getting older. So what I'm seeing at the high school level is we have this whole generation of kids. Some of them um, are, are you familiar with No Child Left Behind, the yes. teaching philosophy? Yes. So the first, I, I want to say that the first group of kids who were kindergartners the year that No Child Left Behind was enacted graduated this past year. Mm -hmm. And so even though we don't use much of that 
um, kind of ill-designed um, philosophy anymore, we're seeing that that the results of kids who, um, you know, so one of the one of the hardest things for us as artists in No Child Left Behind were rules like if you were not um, on grade level, say in you know, math or social studies, they would take away all of your specials. So you wouldn't get to have recess. You wouldn't get to have art or music or whatever. And instead you would have to go to tutoring. Mm. Well, I can't think of a worse idea. You know, like what what person who has any notion of child development thought that that would work? Because basically those are quite often the kids who need those outlets the most. And so we have kids who just grew up angry, for instance, angry at, at that school systems. Lots of them have dropped out. Lots of them are not planning to go on to college. Lots of them just any kind of organized anything rubs them the wrong way because they were put in this little teeny tiny box. Mm -hmm. um, I also see kids that, you know, as college costs are just skyrocketing, they're starting younger and younger, you know, like sixth and seventh and eighth grade kids now are already thinking about what do I have to have on my resume? What does my transcript need to look like? Mm -hmm. I want to go to this kind of a school. I need this kind of a scholarship. So I need to do this, 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 and this. And there are schools, high schools. I teach at a charter high school that does not have this philosophy, but there are many charter schools who consider it sort of the the feather in their cap that they will get your child into the best schools by ensuring that they have a strong resume or transcript by the end. Um, so the product of that is we have kids who um, all they know how to do is go to school and do homework. You know, they don't have a lot of outside outlets. They're very focused on the result. So, you know, that's the kid who might say, is this going to be on the test? Why are we talking about this? Is this going to be on the test? Or why do I have to learn this? Like, I don't see how this applies to me, you know? Um, who don't understand that any subject matter is is much broader than what's on the test, you know. Right. And that's unfortunately that's what end of year tests have taught kids is that if you don't pass this test, you don't move on to the next level. And so why learn anything that's not going to be on the test? I don't need to know about that. Um, and so you either have a group of kids that are really disinterested, their internal motivation has sunk lower and lower and lower and lower to doing only what I have to do to get the A so I can go on to the next thing that I need for my resume so I can get into college, get a scholarship, be successful. Or you have kids who are just shut down from it. You know, well, can I just, what's the easiest way I can do this? You're giving me a choice of three projects. Which one is the easiest, you know? Mm -hmm. um, interestingly, last year in my theater class, I changed you know, through the pandemic, we had to figure out how to teach theater online. So that's a whole different right. story. But, yes. <laughs> but yes. um, I had heard from some students that they took theater, but they didn't really want to perform. Wait, so I thought about me, that. Me, and I thought, wait, hold on, let me, you said they, <laughs> <laughs> they took theater, but they didn't want to perform? Yeah. Is they, it like it, it was a, an elective? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was more that they wanted to, like, they enjoyed playing the theater games. They enjoyed reading the plays, but they didn't really want to work hard enough to actually perform, you know? Mm. Um, and, and that's okay. I mean, so what I, what I did with that is I decided, okay, well, let me take my curriculum and let me offer a variety of ways that you could approach it. So say, for instance, we're reading a play. You could choose to pick a scene from that play and study the play and act it out, but you could also choose to, maybe you want to 
do a design for what the set would look like. Or maybe you want to research what fashion was like in that time and do some costume designs. You know, I tried to think about lots of different ways that they could approach something. So here I'm rolling this out to my, you know, my eager ninth graders who I realized were like only in seventh grade because they didn't have the benefit of eighth grade because of the pandemic. Um, so they were already immature. And, you know, we like planned for a day and they all had these great ideas for projects. And in the end, across the board, all of them ended up just doing a PowerPoint. Oh, no. Oh, I'm just going to no. do PowerPoint. Yeah. Yep. We're, and so we're coming yep. to the end of this session, but we're going to pick okay. back up on that because that <laughs> is important <laughs> too, right? The more we dig in deeper, the more important everything becomes <laughs> regarding the personal development. So stay yep. tuned, listeners. We'll be back. Thanks again for being a regular listener to the weekly Wednesday episodes of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast so we can get the word out and so you're notified when a new episode is posted. And if you've been blessed by my podcast, you can now support the podcast by clicking the dollar sign button right under the description. And I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out with your comments and suggestions to Author at gmail.com and I'll list my email in the show notes. Next Wednesday's episode will complete this series on personal development and children. And I really do hope that you've gleaned golden nuggets from this interview with Melissa Ullman Roberge. Keep checking back for more personal development episodes. Always remember and never forget that you are dynamic. Why? Because despite everything you've been through, you're still here.